A few years ago when I was struggling with my mental health, therapy not only changed my life, but therapy saved my life. It's been years later, I'm still in therapy, and I'm still using the tools that I learned to deal with the difficult moments that happen in our lives. My healing journey has not been easy. Healing is not linear, but I'm committed and dedicated to healing my past traumas and bettering myself for my future and my family. Is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in a world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. With BetterHelp, finding a therapist is easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out just a few questions, BetterHelp can match you with a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Down below in my description box is a link. It's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash lavender. Clicking that link helps support this channel, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so that you can connect with a therapist to see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really like the fit with your first therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. Again, therapy has been life-changing for me. And if you need someone to share with that is unbiased and that will help you navigate life, therapy is it. So if you're struggling, if you're dealing with anything that's hard or heavy, Consider online therapy with better help. Click the link in my description box below or visit betterhelp.com slash lavender. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash lavender. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this channel. And now for your episode. At this point of my life, I have nothing else left to prove. Half of the hell you've been through, the people who knew you the best thought you wouldn't even survive it. I have nothing left to prove. I paid big bills with little money. I've been kind to nasty people. I've won when they thought I was going to lose. I've lost when they thought I was going to win. I've been up. I've been down. I've been happy, been healthy, been sick, and after I look back over my life and think things over, I have nothing else. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Lavender Woman's Podcast. I am your host, CB, and we have a lot to discuss, y'all. Let's get right into it. So at the top of the episode, you heard the episode intro 
And that came from Pastor Mike Jr. from Rock City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. I had the privilege of hearing him preach and teach live when he visited my church home um, a year or two ago. And it was a sermon that I will never forget. So when I was researching an intro um, for this particular episode, that one really fell on my spirit. I have nothing to prove. So often I think we go through life trying to prove ourselves to others, right? Or trying to one-up the next person or to try to convince people that we are doing better than what we are or that we are not who people say we are, whatever the case may be, right? But y'all, when I tell you Pastor Mike's video literally spoke breath into my life because I literally have nothing to prove to anyone. I'm simply trying to live my life well, live a life that is purposeful and and live a life that honors God. That is my mission, right? I have nothing left to prove. It's taken me months to actually record this episode. And I'll tell you why. There's a myriad of reasons, right? But there are one or two reasons in particular. Sometimes we are scared. We are scared of what people may think. We are scared of how people may um, accept or reject us. Like that whole thing. We are afraid of embarrassment. We are afraid of speaking our truth. So it's taken me months to actually record this episode. But here we are. Relationships are challenging. How do I know that? (laughs) Because people are challenging, right? And there's no relationship without one or really two or more people being involved, right? So whenever you're dealing with another human being, that can be quite the challenge because we all come with our own traumas, our own baggage, and our own red flags. If you follow my personal page on Instagram, which that page is private, so I'm very very particular about who I let into my private space, right into my private sector of my life. But if you follow me on my personal Instagram page, then you would have noticed that all the pictures of my most recent partner are gone. All the highlights are gone. All the reels are gone. They're gone. What you probably then notice is that Over the last few months, I have been deleting them one by one, filtering them out from like least important memory and leaving the most important ones to the end. This is not an episode where I will bash him 
in any way. After this episode airs, I will not allow any slander or negative talk. This is simply to share what I have learned throughout the course of my life, throughout relationships. I'm going to share what I've learned through my young adult relationships. I'm going to share what being married for nearly 15 years taught me. I'm going to share what I learned from that marriage ending in divorce. I'm going to learn what I learned. Um, I'm going to share what I learned in my singleness following my divorce. And I'm also going to share from this most recent relationship. If you are a supporter of the podcast, a fan of the podcast, if you follow the podcast, then you would have heard multiple episodes from my most recent partner. I'm keeping those episodes up. They will not come down. At the time in which they were recorded, they were the true essence of who and what we were. So as I journey through this episode, I want to reiterate that this is not a sum of my experience with him. This is not a pointing of the finger. This is not a blame game. This is a sharing of my life's experiences from my perspective. If you take it and make it something other than that, then that's between you and the good Lord. That has nothing to do with me because I'm making myself explicitly clear as to what the mission of this episode is. Relationships are beautiful, but they are work. And relationships require two people putting forth the effort to allow a healthy space where that relationship can grow and love and joy and peace is cultivated. As I have journeyed through the ending of this relationship, and y'all know I don't talk about something until it's been until some time has passed. So you guys have seen us together. <laughs> you guys have seen us with the kids. You guys have seen us go out. We weren't together the entire time that that was taking place over the last four months. And sometimes things end abruptly. You don't get the privilege of a warning or time to work it out. But if I'm a true believer that everything is working out for my good, if I'm a true believer that all things happen for a reason, if I'm a true believer that God is with me in the valley and on the mountaintop, then I have to really trust and believe that. I dreamed about this relationship. God showed me our marriage, our wedding day, multiple times throughout the relationship. 
and a couple of times since it has ended. And so I had this period of time where I was angry with God. Like, why would you show me this? Why would you give me this? And then it's just taken away. It ends abruptly. And I can't wrap my mind around that, right? And what I had to realize is that God will show you what is possible. And whether it ends up being with that person or with someone else, God just wants you to see the possibility for your life. He wants you to see his hand on his life, on your life. He wants you to see where you're headed. And sometimes you may have to go through this relationship to get to the one that's going to get you to that dream that you saw, to that vision that God gave you. Or sometimes God really wants to see how much do you really trust me? Do you trust me for it to all fall apart? For there to be limited to no contact for time to pass and for me to reconcile it because it could go either way either I had to get to this relationship to get through it to get to the next thing that God is going to bless me with or God is going to bless this thing despite what it looks like right now it's not easy (laughs) y'all It's not easy trusting God in a season where you want to curse him. Speaking from experience, I'm walking through this currently where my faith has had to be greater than my feelings. Because if it was all about my feelings, listen, (laughs) I keep saying Healing will really show you how bad you want it. Hmm? How you respond, how you react. Are you going to turn cold because of your circumstance? No, I'm going to keep showing up in this world as who I am. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. But with the ending of anything, more often than not, you experience the five stages of grief. Okay, I experienced the five stages of grief when my grandmother passed away. And grief is not just about death, right? Grief is about anything ending, anything changing, anything shifting or transitioning. We have always um, aligned grief with death. And no, we grieve a lot of things. You can grieve the you know, moving. You can grieve being at a new job and leaving behind the old job. You can grieve almost anything that is personally connected to you, right? So with this relationship ending, I experienced deep grief, great grief. And so if you're not aware of what the five stages of grief is all about, I'm going to give you some background. In 1969, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross described five common stages of grief. They are properly referred to as DABDA. They include denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And they don't have to go in that order. 
You may experience one or two, hit the last one, come back to the second one, hit the fourth one. It just really depends on how you are processing your experience. But when you're in the denial stage, that's where I was in the beginning, you may feel confused, shocked, or be fearful. When you reach the anger stage, and whether you want to admit it or not, you're angry. Still a tad bit angry, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I thought I was sad this entire time, but I was actually furious. Hmm. But nonetheless, if you're in the anger stage of your grief, you are experiencing frustration, irritability, and anxiety. Y'all. The anxiety got so bad, a chick had to go on meds, okay? Um, and I don't want anyone to look at this as if I would never let a relationship get me to the point of which I'm on medication. Listen to me clearly when I say this. If you have ever loved someone, I mean deeply loved them. And that love is taken away. That love vanishes. That love is no longer yours in the way that it used to be. Baby, the depression and the anxiety is real. Let's just be honest, right? So do what you have to do to take care of your mental do what you have to do, whatever that looks like. Therapy, medication, do it, all right? Next stage is bargaining. Did that part too, y'all. Bargaining includes reaching out, trying to, you know, um, make a deal. If you do this, I'll do that. I'll do this if you do that. You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Hand raised, right hand to the man. The next stage is depression. And again, these do not have to flow in this order. Depression is when you are overwhelmed and you feel helpless. Yeah. The last stage of grief is acceptance. And that's probably the hardest stage to reach, honestly. Or at least in my personal experience, in my opinion, right? Acceptance is you are now exploring options. You have a new plan and you're moving on. Moving on. That's the part that really catches you up, right? Because you love this person and you feel like moving on leaves them behind. But like I said, if you trust God, you trust him with your future as well. I can't just trust God with my today. I have to trust God with my next hour, my next year, my next five years, my next 20 years. I have to trust God with my future. So being in the acceptance stage of grief means that God, I trust wherever this, wherever I'm headed next, wherever this path takes me. But it's not easy. I wish it, listen, y'all, I wish it was, but... You can get through it. 
All right, I'm here. I am well. <laughs> I am healing in real time. And I know that you can do the same. So I want to share with you some things that I've learned on my journey. Again, these are not things that are inclusive to my most recent relationship. Some of them may be, some of them are not. I will never tell you, right? But this is my overall experience from my very first dating experience until my last and everything in between. The good, bad, ugly, and indifferent, all right? And these are in no particular type of order. So I don't want you to think number one is more important than number 20 or number 13 is less important than number two. No order. It's just how it came into my mind and how it fell on my heart. Number one is be careful who you vent to. Y'all write these down. Take a second. Go grab you a pen and pad. You need to write these down. Because I'm sure that most of them are going to resonate with you. So go ahead. I'll give you a couple of seconds. For those who are already ready and prepared to write, how y'all been? Y'all been all right? I know. Life be lifing. But God be Godin. All right? So don't ever forget that part. But life is a journey. And it's a journey well lived. Okay? All right. Let's get back to it. Number one, be careful who you vent to. Y'all. I am guilty of it. I've been in situations where my partner has been guilty of it. You have to be careful who you vent to. If you're venting to people who already maybe don't care for your partner or for someone who doesn't want you with their partner, or if you're venting to the opposite sex and this is someone that your partner is not aware exists. This is not like a mutual friend or even your friend exclusively, but your partner is aware that that friend exists. That can be very dangerous. And that's where the, the lines get blurred, right? Because you have to be careful of the advice that you're receiving from the person that you're bending to. I don't understand why we don't vent to our partners. If I have an issue... And the issue exists in our relationship between you and I. I'm coming to you. I may share it with my therapist to get some professional insight. And when it comes to friends, you have to be selective. Because you are seeking wise counsel. And sometimes your homegirl is going to support your foolishness in this situation. Sometimes your homeboy is going to tell you to do the thing that's going to end your relationship. You got to be careful who you vent to. Like, that probably is in the top five. Be, be careful who you vent to. The second one is when we don't heal, we risk turning into the one or ones who hurt us. Listen, I can't talk about that one enough. When we don't do our work and we are constantly holding on to the trauma of the person or persons who have harmed us and hurt us and traumatized us, if you're not careful, you turn into that person. I have seen it happen right in front of my eyes. Trust me, you don't want to find this out from your own experience. Take my experience as your own. Save yourself from this experience. If you don't do the work 
and you let what that person did fester inside of you, if you're not careful, you will start mimicking the behaviors of the person who hurt you, which means you're going to hurt the person that's trying to love you through your trauma. I Episode for another day, maybe. I don't know. But all I do know is that it's possible. And I've seen it happen. Number three, keep your family out your business. I could close my little notebook I have here and log off this podcast. I'm not going to go into detail. I am not going to elaborate because we are all adults and we can read between the lines. I am going to say something. I am going to elaborate just a little bit. Some of the worst advice that I have received has come from family. And I've seen family give others some of the most damaging advice possible. I believe a stranger on the street could have gave them better advice than their family member did. When it comes to family, you have to look at the lineage in your family. Are there healthy marriages in your family? Are there healthy examples of relationships in your family? Does your family demonstrate working through challenging times and coming out on the other side? Is your family truthful? Because if we're honest, most of our families has a lot of stuff with them, mine included. Mine is not excluded from this list. That's why I don't go to my family with my stuff. I keep my family out of my business. I love my mom dearly, but she cannot give me solid and sound advice on the stage in which I am in in my life. I had an elder, y'all, and I just, I have to say this because just thinking about it does two things. It makes me sad for the person. And it also ignites a fire under me to continue my healing so that we can end that cycle right there. I had an elder tell me, and this was a situation where the partner had cheated. I had a woman tell me, a woman elder tell me that it was my fault. And so I was intrigued to know how. And she said, because you pushed them too much and you asked too many questions. And if you had just been quiet, things would have been different, but you asked a lot of questions and you, you know, pushed things a little bit. And I said, so this person choosing to do what they did is my fault because I asked questions when the math wasn't mathing. I Pushed the agenda of the relationship forward when things were stagnant and I was unsure. That's the reason they they decided, no, ma'am. That was a choice. 
on them. That has nothing to do with me. So many of the elder women in our family have never experienced love without suffering. So many of the elder women in our families do not believe that they can stand up for themselves and that they have a voice and that they can ask all the questions that they want to ask. Because if you are in a committed monogamous relationship, asking questions is a part of the game, baby. You don't, you're not defensive unless you had something. Ask me all the questions you want to ask me, baby. I'm an open book. I'm going to answer my phone when you call. I'm going to answer that FaceTime when it rings. I'm responding to that text when it comes through because I love you. I respect you. Nah, I don't have nothing to hide from you. So we got to end that cycle. It made me sad for that individual because I was like, damn, that's what you call love? Silence? That's what you call love? Accepting whatever? I would never. I would be single for eternity before I ever subscribe to that mindset. So that's why it's important that we do our work and we heal ourselves so that our daughters have a better chance at going out into the world and doing better at this love thing than we did and that our mothers did and that our grandmothers did and so on and so on. I never listen. Moving on. Moving on. Just keep your family out your business. That's it. Number four. Running from person to person simply means that you are chasing a pattern. Can I talk to y'all for a minute? If you notice someone, that relationship hops. It's been three weeks staying in a new relationship. It's been two days staying in a new relationship. It's been what? Listen. This is not about finding someone better in most cases. Because sometimes you do. And that's great. If that's your story, right? But oftentimes, this person is like, they're going after the facade of what they're looking for because there's always going to be someone with a better body. There's always going to be someone that, that's finer than your partner. It's always going to be someone that has better whatever, right? But at my age, I'm not even looking at that physical stuff. Baby, what is that character like? What is that soul like? What's your heart posture look like? Anyway, we're going to get to that a little bit later in the episode. But if you're running from person to person, jumping from situation to situation, in and out of relationships, every time you turn around, you're chasing a pattern. You was with this person who does not subscribe to your BS. They are calling you out on your stuff. They're making you show up differently than you've ever had to show up before. And so that's uncomfortable for you. So boom, let me jump to the next person that matches the pattern of what I'm looking for. Baby, go get some healing. And stop hurting every person you run into. I keep telling people all the time, you will not heal and get over someone by getting under somebody else. But I'm about to take y'all to church. Sit yourself down somewhere and do the work. 
that person that you getting up under to get over the other person, you're going to end up hurting that person or that person is going to end up hurting you. Because what we put out, our promise comes back around. Number five, worry about yourself. Hmm. I, I said it. I mean it. Worry about yourself. What can I do differently in my next relationship? What are my red flags, right? What are the areas in my life where I need to heal? Worry about yourself. If you are minding your business, you don't have time to stalk your ex. You don't have time to worry about what he, she, they doing because you don't care because you are so consumed with getting your work done that it doesn't matter what they're doing. Let's wish them well. Let's hope they're doing well. But baby, worry about yourself. If you worry about yourself, it's going to consume your time. You won't have time to worry about all this other, you know, um, miniature stuff. You won't. Trust me. Minding your own business is a full-time job. Worrying about yourself is a lifetime commitment. All right? Number six. This is where it gets tricky. Depending on... How you view respect in your relationship. The mighty and powerful social media. Can we talk about it, y'all? So listen. Social media. I hear people have different views on this, right? I hear people say social media ruins relationships. And then I hear people say social media can't ruin a relationship. The person in the relationship, you know, use social media or allow social media to come between their relationship. So it's the person's fault and not social media's fault. Listen, none of that matters at the end of the day. But social media is a problem. And this is a problem because the people in the relationship create the problem or allow the problem to exist. Right. Without correction or without. um discipline rather i have some firm firm opinions about social media when it comes to relationships i always said i will never be that girl where my man is gonna be liking pictures of half-naked women and ladies listen y'all are fine so do your thing post your pics okay if you got it, like I'm not here to bash women who do that, baby. I support women in every walk of life. But what I'm saying is for my partner, no, sir. Because when you hit that Explorer page and you're wondering why it's filled with stuff that it's not normally there and you realize the one person in common is your partner, it's embarrassing as hell. Can we talk about it? There should be a mutual respect in relationships where our partners, men or women, I don't care if the, the, the sex, the, the gender, you know, what you identify by. But if that's a problem for your partner, and it's not a problem for everyone, I'm speaking for myself and about myself, right? From my perspective, like I said at the top of this episode, it is a problem for me for that to happen there's also an issue with 
when it comes to not sharing your partner and then when you're questioned about it, it's like, oh, no, I'm very private. I'm private. But you share everything else in your life. Let's cut the bull. All right. <laughs> Let's cut the bull. I have learned this to be true in situations that I have been involved in. If that person isn't sharing you, it's for a reason. And it is usually not because they're private. Because there's a difference in privacy and secrecy. They're keeping you away from something or someone. They don't want you to be known. That's the problem. Because what are you what are we what are we hiding from? Hmm? So y'all do what you will with social media, but I'm telling you, if you don't have a clear understanding on that in the beginning, it is going to be a problem later. Nip it in the bud while you can so that it won't bite you in your tail later. The next one is number seven. Don't compete with anyone's ego. Man, woman, boy or girl, I don't care. Don't compete with anyone's ego. Because you won't win. You will not win when you're competing against ego. Because ego is directly connected to someone's personal identity. You think you're going to win trying to compete with who this person believes they are, the core of their soul? You're not. I always say... You can't date two women. Or you can't date two people. Because I don't want to make this exclusively for heterosexual relationships, right? With whoever your partner is. You can't date two people. You can't date your ego and that person. You got to pick one. And if you're choosing your ego, so be it. But don't think you're going to date me and expect me to compete with your ego. I'm not going to do it. I don't have time. My rest is important to me. I like to be in the bed in a decent hour. I There's not enough time in the day to think you're going to compete with someone's ego. Number eight. What do priorities look like? There has to be a balance in life. We are all adults who work to provide and to care for our homes, our households. Most of us are caring for children or parents or somebody, right? If it's not, even if it's just ourselves, you have to be able to take care of yourself. But there has to be a balance where, you know, work is important, but my family is important too. Work is important, but my relationship is important too. Work is important, but date nights are important too. Work is important, but self-care days are important too. Work is important, but spending time with my partner is important too. Listen, you know the reason why some of us are winning in our careers? It's because that's where we're putting all our time and energy. And if you look at all the other areas in your life, you'll realize that they are areas that need attention. But I digress. Number nine, check your vision. Listen, when is the last time you've been to the eye doctor? Hmm? I went a couple of months ago. And I'm getting older. I'm on the cusp of being 40. And guess what, y'all? The vision ain't 2020 no more. They told me I need glasses or contacts. I need some type of corrective lens. Because the vision is not what the vision used to be. The, the sight ain't sighting like it used to be, okay? 
Check your vision. What I mean by saying that is, why you didn't see them red flags? Huh? Red is a bright color. Why you ain't see them? Red typically does not blend in with this environment. Red typically stands out like a sore thumb. So why we keep missing the red flags? I'm talking to myself too. I'm not pointing the finger at y'all. We are in this together. Why we keep missing the red flags, y'all? What's wrong with our vision? I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it. Red flags feel more familiar. Red flags feel like an invitation back home. Listen, some of us are so accustomed to toxic relationships that when we get in another relationship and we see the red flags glaring, we think that's the invitation to come over and have some fun when you should be running in the opposite direction. Fix your vision. So that you can notice what's healthy and what's unhealthy. So that you can realize what's toxic. So that you can realize what you're about to get yourself into. Save yourself some time and possibly some heartache as well. Let's see. What number are we on? We're on number 10. Don't give a person more of what they already don't appreciate. I am guilty of it. Oh, I'm just going to love them back. You know, I'm, my love is going to bring them back because I'm so wonderful. If that was the case, and if it was that simple, you wouldn't be in this situation to begin with. You can't give a person more of what they're already not appreciating. You're just wasting your time, your energy, your love, all that good stuff. Stop immediately. Number 11 is the concept of let them. L-E-T-T-H-E-M. Let them. The concept of let them is so powerful because as I've gotten older, I have had to grapple with that. Let them. A person wants to walk out your life, let them. A person wants to leave, let them. A person wants to blame you for everything, let them. A person doesn't want to have ownership and take responsibility for the role they played and things falling apart. Let them. Because once again, we're going back to number, what was it? Number five, worrying about yourself. So if you're worrying about yourself, you, not have, you don't have time to debate all this other stuff. They want to go. Let them. Let them go. Bishop T.D. Jakes preached a sermon a few years back. And I don't know the name of the sermon, but basically, he was talking about let them go, let them walk. Because guess who is never going to walk away, turn their back, and let you go? God. So, what you tripping for? If you got big homie upstairs, you good. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Trust me. Number, what number are we on? Number 12. I had to write these down, y'all, because I don't want to forget them. You end up with what you tolerate. Listen. If you're looking at your relationship like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening and that is happening. Guess what? That is a combination of all the things that you've tolerated that got you to that point. You end up with what you tolerate. What you are willing to deal with and tolerate is what you're going to end up with. It's just as simple as that. Do the math. Do the math. Number 13. Don't get your lick back. <sighs> Listen. Listen, let God fight your battles. And y'all know the old me 
if I had to pick between peace and violence, y'all know which one I would have picked. But listen, at this stage and big old age that I am, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Don't get your leg back. Let God do the fighting for you. You got other stuff to do. All right? Don't don't worry about it. I promise you. I promise you. The Lord will, pre will prepare your table right in front of your enemies. Don't even worry about it. Okay? Number 14. Don't own their mistakes. This goes back to what an elder, a woman that I considered an elder told me. I'm not owning anyone's decisions. Okay, let's rephrase that. Don't own their decisions. If someone made a choice, if someone decided to do something, I'm not owning that. And I know that we all play a role that may lead to why someone does what they do. But ultimately, the decision was theirs to make. Not It doesn't fall on you because they could have chose another way. They could have chose differently, right? Red pill, blue pill. We have to stop picking up burdens that don't belong to us. Our own burdens are heavy enough. That's why your back hurt now. Put it down. It doesn't belong to you. Number 15, forgive yourself. One of the first things I kept saying when my most recent relationship ended, and again, none of these are indicative to that relationship particularly, okay? Well, I was just like, how did I get here? I never saw this come. Well, how, what? This is my guy. The love of my life. Yo, we were supposed to be 90 on the porch, drinking lemonade, talking about the good old times. How did I get here? I felt so much. I know I felt a lot of things, right? And I literally had to forgive myself for the entire process. I had to forgive myself for the things that I got wrong for the things that I didn't do my best at, for the times where I wasn't my best, for not acting on things differently in my relationship or quicker in my relationship or whatever the case may be. Forgive yourself. Whatever that is that you're carrying and you hate yourself for it and you are having a hard time just dealing with yourself, forgive yourself. You forgave that man, that woman 30 times, but you can't forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Number 16, do not worship your partner. I'm semi-guilty of this. And what will happen when we start worshiping our person? They're going to disappoint you because they're human. If someone were to worship me, I'm going to disappoint them because I'm human. If you feel like you can't live without someone, that means they are an idol in your life. And if they are an idol in your life, where does God fit in? Hmm? Because God should get our worship. Not any other human being walking the face of this earth. All right? Number 17. The problem is the problem. This is where relationships get it wrong at. The problem is the problem. There's. You, there's me, and there's the problem. The problem is the problem. 
Me mentioning the problem does not make me the problem. The problem is still the problem. Can we address the problem without attacking our partner? Can we come to a resolution about the partner without feeling like we have to literally drag our partner through the depths of purgatory and hell because they mentioned there was a problem? Problems exist in the most perfect of relationships and the healthiest and the best of relationships problems exist. They are inevitable, right? But the problem is the problem. Number 18. Stop talking so much. Everyone talks about communication, communication, communication. Let me tell you what communication isn't. Communication is not you constantly talking. Healthy communication, effective communication, that is, is the listening and the comprehension of what is being said. Huh? Can we talk about it? You can be communicating all day long. But are you listening and comprehending? Listen to comprehend and not to respond. And there's nothing wrong with taking a pause and revisiting the situation once tempers have died down, once you've had time to think about it, because responding in the moment is not always effective communication. You don't always have to talk about something the split second that happens. You can bring it up and it can be revisited. I promise you the likelihood of the world ending before you can come back to the table to talk about this is very slim. I'm just saying. Number 19. Stop beating a dead horse. Listen, y'all. Listen to me clearly. Come closer. Listen. They heard you the first time. They just not going to do it. Or it's not important to them. Or they don't care. Or sometimes they are working on it. Give them grace. You have to be able to differentiate what what is needing and what's needed in those situations but constantly beating a dead horse ain't gonna make that horse get up and run baby the horse is dead so you do with that what you may all right <laughs> number 20 rules versus boundaries because y'all killing me in the boundaries conversations listen to me everything is a boundary these days and i have my own boundaries i'm not opposed to boundaries but we are confused about what a boundary is and we are calling rules boundaries. Rules are for others. That's something that you put in place for somebody else. That's a rule. Do not call me before 8 a.m. That is a rule. A boundary would be they can call, but I'm not answering because I meditate. From 7.30 to 8. And that's important to me. So that's the boundaries. Things that you do for yourself. That's a boundary. A rule is what a rule is for others. Boundaries are for yourself. Rules are restrictions that you place on another person. And boundaries are restrictions that you place on yourself. And the thing about boundaries is. Because everything is a boundary these days. Especially in relationships. When usually it's just something that you don't want to do. So you place that responsibility on your partner. Boundaries are easy to set. They're hard to stand on. They are. When they're true boundaries. 
and hard for you to stand on sometimes because it may require a level of firmness with someone that you love deeply. But you got this, okay? What number are we? We are number 21. Character matters. Listen, yo, I don't care how fine they are. They could be the best thing since sliced bread, but what does their character look like? Are they honest? If you lie about the small things, you will definitely lie about the big things. Be more concerned about a person's character than you are their physical traits, right? Bro, she may be thicker than a snicker. But she has an ugly soul and spirit. Sis, he may be 6'2", tall, dark, and handsome. All right? But what is his character like? How does he treat you behind closed doors? That matters. Number 22. The power of an apology. Y'all, so many relationships would make it if we realized that apologies were not words, but the action of change behavior. I don't need to say nothing else. Y'all got it. What's the next one? 23. And that's the last one. Because I wanted to do 23 since we're in the year of 2023. So the last one is 23. It's heal. Mm -hmm. That's your responsibility. Not your partners, not your mamas, not your cousin, not your homegirl. Heal. It is your responsibility. What does healing look like? A combination of things. Your spiritual walk, therapy, journaling, meditation, yoga, changing your diet, getting eight hours of sleep, whatever. Breaking generational curses. Forgiving yourself. Hell, that's healing right there, right? But that's like another top five. Heal healing is one of the most important things you can do in your life. Because when you are healed, you show up differently in your relationships. And relationships are can be friendships, intimate partners, family dynamics, right? Heal so that we can literally stop the trauma that is happening within our culture so with all that being said have a couple of things so i saw a meme y'all know this is a segment where i explore social media for a meme that relates to the topic this week i found this and it says after it expires it is no longer good for you this isn't about food. Listen, I told y'all in a previous episode, don't stay after that expiration date. Don't do it. <laughs> You're going to regret it terribly. Once it expires, it's no longer good for you. And this is not about food. You know when things have changed. You know when you've done all you can to make it work because you can't make it work by yourself. It takes two people to make it work, right? And if you keep eating expired food, what is that doing to your body? What is that doing to your temple? And what 
And what does that say about you? Because how do you love yourself, but you keep consuming what is expired? Hmm? If we loved ourselves better, this would be a completely different conversation. Sometimes when we look at the things that we end up in, it's simply because of the lack of love that we have for self. Because I can't say I love myself, I love my body, I love my temple, but I keep consuming things that are harmful to my temple, to my body, to myself. Right? All right. The seed of lavender for this week is surrender. What is the seed of lavender? Usually one word or a short phrase that we um, plant and we water it and nurture it until it takes root and begins to grow in our lives. The seed of lavender for this week is surrender. Let go or be dragged. Listen, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm stepping into a season that I'm excited about. Because letting go has never been easy for me. Ever in my entire life. Because I suffer from a fear of abandonment from childhood trauma that I've experienced, right? So letting go is hard for someone who has a fear of abandonment. We want to hold on to everything. Whether it's good or bad whether it hurts or makes us feel good, we just want to hold on to it, to have it close to us, right? Because that gives us a sense of control that, you know, it's, it's here. It's right here with me. I, I, I know where it is. I, I have my hand on it, right? But if you don't let go, you're going to get dragged. So pick one. You want to let go, trust God, heal, live the life that is destined for you or you want to get dragged completely your choice but if you don't let go you will get dragged you keep holding on to that person that has shown you multiple times that they don't want you see what happens keep holding on to that abusive relationship sis bro keep going back to that woman who doesn't love you and manipulates you and that's all the, the things that are harmful to you let go or get dragged. Your choice. Your choice. The affirmation for this week. It's a good one. I surrender to where we are. I accept things as they are. I now detach from the outcome. I surrender to where we are, I accept things as they are, and I now detach from the outcome. Letting go can be beautiful. When you let go of what was and trust God for what is. How powerful it will be if when you let go of your hand in that relationship and you grabbed hold of God's hand instead and you chose to walk with God instead of staying somewhere where you're not being watered, nurtured, loved, seen, heard, appreciated. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. 
I'm excited for this journey. I am nervous about this journey. I am open to the endless possibilities that God has in store for me. I am grateful for the experience that I shared with him. With my ex being, um, I'm grateful for that journey. I will never get on Beyonce's internet and bash him or speak negatively about him. And if you do that, again, that's on you. I'm grateful for it. For a relationship that showed me what God can do. And what God will do. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I hope you're excited about your future too. I know you've been through a lot. I know it hasn't always felt good. I know you may not know where you're headed. Guess what? I don't know where I'm headed either. But I know the person in charge of the navigation. So I'll go where he leads me. I trust that where I end up is where I'm supposed to be. And I'll give him glory and honor throughout the process. So that's it, y'all. It's taken me months to share this. But here it is. From my heart to yours. I hope that you know how special you are. I hope that you love yourself in the way in which you want to be loved before you expect that love from someone else. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Forgive yourself and be gracious with yourself. Give yourself grace. And trust God to be God in your life. I love y'all so much. Thank you for being on this uncertain journey with me because it has been a wild ride. But buckle up because we're headed to the next destination. I love y'all. Take good care of yourself. Until next time. Woman to woman, 
Showing love, I think you know what he's doing, and it ain't showing love. 